Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
We praise you, Lord, for the days that we're in right now, and we thank you for choosing us for these days. We don't understand it, but we praise you because we know that you will give us the strength, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and that which is necessary for us to be able to serve you in the way that you have written into our books since before we were born on this earth. And we praise your name and we thank you. Father, we thank you for our trials and tribulations. We thank you for the thorns in the flesh that the various ones which we all are dealing with in some capacity or another. We thank you, Father God, for giving us incredible patience as we recognize the decades that have gone by for many of us and certainly over a decade for um, a lesser few of us, but nevertheless a very long journey no matter which direction we look at it from, we can recognize that the challenges that are associated with our lives continue to move forward. The opportunity that you have laid before us continues to manifest itself and allow us to draw in closer to you. But at the same time, the difficulty of the journey doesn't let up, uh, which is good because it keeps us weak, because in our weakness we are strong in accordance with your word. And we praise you for that. We thank you for the electronic ecclesia, Father God. We praise you for the ability to be able to gather and give you praise. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for uh, being you, just being you, and being there for us, because we need that intimacy and that relationship with you more than ever before. Sometimes we feel like we're going through things and... We don't really have anywhere to turn. We know that you're there, but it just sometimes feels kind of hard, you know, kind of hard and like maybe, you know, we're doing something wrong and, you know, maybe we should be trying harder or maybe we're letting you down. But it's it's we, we recognize, I think, and in, in, even in our frailty, that the journey is designed in that fashion to draw us in closer and to have more faith, more hope, and more trust. Even in the days that we are in right now, as dark as they may be, we need to learn, and only with your help, how to balance and prevent ourselves from being um, into the continuous flow of negativity and to be able to separate ourselves in holiness so that we spend time in praise and worship and alone time with you so that we are able to build our intimacy and continue to grow in that intimacy so that we're more strong uh, in the days that we have that we would normally be very weak and possibly, you know, like so many, uh, throw our hands up in the air and want to give up. And we don't want to give up. We will not give up. We refuse to give up. And we know that you are there for us. We know that you will help us through all of the challenges and the trials and the tribulations that each of us are going through, not only now, but in the days that are ahead. And we praise you for that, Father, because we we embrace your word. We embrace the promises. We know that when we trust you, you're going to make our path straight. We believe in these things. Um, we believe without seeing, like Thomas. Blessed is he who believes and has not seen. And we thank you, Father, for bringing us through each phase of this journey, knowing that it's not going to get any easier, really. Um, if, if anything, it's going to get a lot harder for most of us, maybe not to the same degree. But 
the conditioning and the time that you're taking, the long-suffering and the mercy that you have given us is recognized. And we just praise you for your mercy, and we thank you, Father God, for continuing to forgive us in our own weaknesses that we sometimes, you know, can be sucked into the uh, the difficulties of the day, the difficulties of our job, the difficulties of all all the things that are associated with this walk here on this earth, even to the point where sometimes we almost feel like Jesus did at the time when he was on the cross and said, Father, why hath thou forsaken me? But we recognize also, Father, that the days of darkness that we're in right now, which will increase and become even far, far more dark, the throne room has got to be incredibly busy. The souls that are being saved and the people that are being woken up has it's far beyond what we're able to count. And we give you glory for that, Father, because we would not want to be one of those that was on the tarmac running toward the plane, hoping that maybe just that, just maybe that door might not close before we get there. We praise you for that mercy because that mercy is exactly the same mercy that was given to us, although we carry with ourselves in the midst of that mercy a blessing and a burden that's associated with that blessing, knowing where we are but wondering why is it taking so long. But we know why. Deep down inside we know it's because of your mercy that you, Father, in the same mercy that you have given us, are giving it to so many other hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people out there that are beginning, just beginning to wake up, even though it befuddles us and makes us wonder how in the world could they have not seen these things coming many, many years ago. We also have to remember that there was a point in time when we did not see the things that others had seen. We were not as awake as we should have been at some point in our journey while others were way ahead of us. And we praise you, Father, for bringing us to that place where we recognize that mercy is not just for us, but for all of those around us and for the people in the various countries, all 243 when we count the island nation countries and we just give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Father, we praise you because if it wasn't for that mercy, so many of us and so many more of us in the future will be lost. And we don't want, we would want, we are with you, Father. We believe through whatever it is that, that you may utilize us to do, that you may anoint us to do, not only today, but in the future as well, that there will be many more that are brought the opportunity, the they will heed the warning, they will see the times and seasons that we are in right now, and they will make the necessary adjustments, at the very least, to be part of the guests at the wedding supper, we pray. We do not know, Father God, whether or not we are going to be chosen, but we pray that we will be chosen, not just called. And we hope beyond hope, because hope is what we, we we rely on. We rely on that hope to bring us through not only the weeks and the days that we have ahead of us and now, uh, not only the days and, and the challenges and the, and, and, that are so plentiful, they are so plentiful, um, but also the things that, um, you know, we have to, we know that we have to deal with in the imminent future. We just don't know to what degree. We don't know when you're going to come and get us. We don't know whether or not we even qualify at this time for the barley harvest. We pray that we do, and we are going to strive to meet those to 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 to, to be chosen to to seek you with enough fervency, with enough cleanliness and purity of heart that you will choose us to be part of that first fruits harvest. 
not simply because we want to leave, because who wouldn't want to leave? Who wouldn't want to leave this place? I think it would be unreasonable for any of us to suggest that we would want to stay here. But at the same time, Father, we want to please you. We want to be in perfect harmony as best as possible with that which you have called us to do, which we don't understand. But we know that we're here, and we know that you have divulged things to us in our awakening that many have not yet even seen. And we praise you for that, Father, because it is highly motivational. It helps to keep us on that journey just a little bit more on a steady path that we otherwise may have been or may have been more wobbly than it is because we see or at least we have a reasonable understanding of that which lies ahead. Not not just the, the trials and the tribulations and the difficulties. We know that they may be uh, at our door. And they have been at our door, really, for well over the last decade. But also recognizing in the midst of all of the things that, all of the darkness, all of the walls of darkness that are closing in upon us, that we still have the freedom that is necessary, the blessings that are necessary, the shelter that is necessary, the food, the sustenance, the clothing, and all of the things that you have given us through your mercy that is necessary for us to be able to draw in closer to you. And we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we will continue on that journey with you and our Lord Jesus Christ being our first love, to have our priorities in order, to understand when we are spending too much time uh what somebody had shown me, what's called doom scrolling, and going through endless oceans of social media and information flows that paint out clearly an accurate picture of the darkness that is in the world, but exposing ourselves a little too much to it. May we separate ourselves in purity and holiness away from those things, knowing that they're there, but not having a hunger and thirst to know it intimately second by second, to be able to walk away from it and find that peace, that joy, that comfort in that relationship, in our relationship, and then in the intimacy that we have with you. We praise you, Father, for all of these things. We thank you, Lord God, for this electronic ecclesia. We thank you for our ability to be able to grow amidst one another in fellowship, even though it's at a distance, and to recognize that without this, uh, you know, we would perhaps, of course, naturally find other means to fill that void of fellowship, but at the same time, perhaps at a cost, a cost of having to be exposed to that, which we know is not um, as on target, uh, for lack of a better term, as on target as where we would prefer to be uh, by being once separated by what many refer to as churchianity. We don't want to have to, and we thank you for this, we don't want to have to be exposed to concepts and ideas that we know are not correct or not not appropriate and aligned as perfectly as they ought with your will. We don't want to be exposed and preached to about, you know, how the whole church is going to be raptured off the earth because that's just simply not what's going to happen. And 
we praise you for the opportunity to be able to draw in closer to you, grow in your word, grow in the understanding of the mysteries of the scripture, and at the same time, be strong in our weaknesses. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory, both now and forever. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Amen. Tonight is the 7th of Liar, 5783. It is the Omer, the counting of the Omer, number 22. Praise God. It is now 7.16 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. <sighs> Father, we praise you because we see the whole world. It's, it's, it's really kind of an anomaly to see that the world... It, Revelation reads that the, the countries of the world lament over the destruction of Babylon the Great, essentially because of the trade and the partnership, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And but yet at the same time, we also recognize, Father, that you know, through the testimony of so many, that this country has, at, at you know, because of your will, Father. And we praise you for this. We thank you because it is forward progress deeper into the end times biblical timeline. We praise you for that. But we also recognize because you have lifted your hand of protection off of this earth, this, the darkness, the Antichrist, the entities of uh, these reptilian overlords, these, for lack of a better term, evil watchers, have destroyed the West to a place, to a point, really, where there is no recovery. It, it's beyond recovery. Um, yeah, sure, a few things, you know, under, like if we were to pretend that Donald Trump were to take the presidency for a little bit of a period of time before he was eliminated, that we would be able to imagine, yes, that some of the things that have been instituted would be reversed. But would it be enough to stop the forward progress of the degradation of the West in a fashion that would ultimately lead to a single one-world government, a Revelation 13 beast government, and all the implements that have been in, you know, everything from the banking system, the CBDCs, the injection of the graphene oxide, the control of the, of the uh, populace of the world worldwide through 5G commu communications to even to the ability to be able to shut down and kill somebody across the other side of the earth, right to the level of their DNA footprint. Father, we see these things all laid out, and it's very exciting in the sense that we re recognize through virtue of understanding these uh, implements are in place, how close we actually are. Yet at the same time, as we look forward, it is very difficult to anticipate what it must be like and what it will be like to endure the days that we have ahead of us. If we were to estimate that the Antichrist would be allowed and to continue, and that would be the, the most appropriate estimation, the most likely estimation, is that you would continue to withhold your divine protection only to protect those who are yours and those who would become yours in the journey and lift, but continue to lift your hands of protection uh, off the earth so that the end times timeline would continue forward at the rate of speed, if not even faster than it has thus far. Although we also recognize that the plans of the Antichrist 
are not complete and that they are moving forward at extremely high speeds, even though that we are appropriately distracted by other things that the forces of darkness would have us be looking at. We pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you will anoint us to to find that time to turn off the lights, to, to close the door, to get away from the rest of the family or all the other earthly distractions, even if it requires us to get up an hour earlier in the morning, to be able to spend time with you in praise, intimate meditation upon your face, singing songs to you, praising your name, taking communion, and having that intimacy that we so wish that we could have away from this evil place. But we praise you, Father, and we thank you, because we are here and we are at the ready to serve you in whatever way that you deem necessary. We praise you for that opportunity, because it's not an opportunity that is given to many. And we give you all the praise and glory for that. Again, the time now is 7.21 p.m. And tonight together we light the Sabbath candles. I like to light three, one for the Father in progress, one for the Son, hallelujah, Lord Jesus, and one for the Holy Spirit. We praise your name. We thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. The Hebrew Kaddish. Thank you, Father. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Borei peri hagathen Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'ratzavanu V'shabat kodsho v'avahu v'ratzon in Chilanu, Zikaron Lemase Vereshit. Ki Huyom Techila Lemikra Ekodesh, Zechelitiat Mitraim. Ivanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta, mikol hamim, veshabat kodshecha, beava uvratzon, himchaltanu. Baruch Adonai Mekadesh HaShabbat. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, the reason why I sound a little bit out of breath is because um, I have been have a preliminary diagnosis of what's called uh, oh gosh what is it called oh a torn meniscus in my left knee yay <laughs> praise God but the good thing the good news of of all all that if there is and I guess we 
are, are uh, you know, led by our scripture to look for the good things, even when it doesn't seem like there is much of it, um, is that it, it removes the mystery. Hold on just a second. Thank you, Jesus. It removes the mystery from uh, why I was going through so much intense pain in my left leg. Uh, now I know, and I have a pretty good idea of how much it's going to cost and how many weeks of misery I'm going to have to get through with the surgery and all that. But anyway, praise God, you know that you know. So now, now, praise you, Jesus. I don't, I can't, uh, I <clears throat> have the battle scars to. Uh, uh, kind of say Nana Boo Boo and back at you uh, the next time somebody who's in their 70s or whatever says something to me like, uh, oh, you're just a spring chicken. So anyway, I guess I'm earning my stripes for uh, crossing over some unknown um, age barrier that, you know, where you can go through life and think that everything's going to be hunk. You know, you don't even imagine these things happening. You don't, really. And you might say, well, what did you do? Did you fall down the stairs or whatever? And the reality is that I didn't do anything. I found out that, uh, to my surprise, and you can believe it was a surprise for sure, I found out to my surprise that this uh, is something that is extremely common for people who get into their 60s. Um, now, what does that mean? How does that, what does extremely common mean mathematically? I don't know. Uh, what I can say is that uh, I've been told, uh, for what that's worth, that it is very, very common. And believe it or not, you can actually have this happen to you by doing nothing at all. Um, you can literally roll over in bed and uh, your leg can, you know, you fall deep asleep or whatever and your leg can be in a kind of a weird position or whatnot and you can, you know, tear this, whatever this meniscus thing is. So anyway, I can tell you that um, it is painful uh, on a level that um, I'm not familiar with. Let's put it that way. And um, uh, uh, and I'm not complaining about it. I mean, it it, it yeah, kind of sucks, balut. But um, uh, I have a medication that my doctor was very kind to send to the CVS pharmacy for me to go pick up. Um, quite frankly, I don't understand. I, I have no. I don't have any understanding of the medication at all. Um, I don't have any understanding of side effects. I don't have any understanding of how it could affect me. I have none of that understanding whatsoever. Um, anyway, so it was. Uh, I've been told by a uh, somebody who sh who has been through this that it supposedly um, over time, not immediately, that this medication will build up inside my body in such a manner that it will re greatly reduce the agonizing pain that I experience by virtue of even attempting to get out of a chair. So um, so the only reason I'm sharing that with you is if, if I drop over you know, in the middle of this program or if I cut it short or whatever or if whatever, because all I tried to do is get out of my chair and just reach over, you know, while the music was playing, you know, two, three feet, you know, or whatever, maybe five feet uh, aside from where I normally sit doing the program. And that was an experience. Um, 
of noteworthy magnitude. Let's just say that. So, um, uh, yeah, so apologies uh, in advance. Um, I am definitely uh, currently operating at, I don't know, diminished capacity, and, uh, and, and so be it. So be it, you know. It is what it is. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Father God, for this opportunity to come before you. We praise you, Father God, and we pray. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven, our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and your holy fire. We thank you, Father God, and we confess of our sins before you. We know as King David did and had admitted and said in Psalm 51, that our sins are always before us, and in sin our mothers conceived us. Cleanse us with your hyssop. Make us whiter than snow. Create in us a clean heart, O Lord, because ours are dirty. We don't feel like they are, but we know that they are. And we pray that any impure thoughts that have entered our hearts throughout this week, any impure thoughts that have entered our hearts or or words that have come out of our mouth, anything that is not in harmony with your perfect purity to to the pure, all things are pure, Titus 1, verse 15. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you will forgive us for those missteps that you will forgive us for those times when we became so frustrated we just didn't want to continue anymore. But then we recognize also that our forefather in Christ, uh, Elijah, even met with that feeling of destitute, I don't know, it wasn't loneliness, it was frustration. What was it that drove Elijah to want to eat, to ask you to take him home, Father? What was that emotion? We don't even know what that emotion was. Was it frustration? Was it that he had enough? Was, he could, was it that he couldn't take anymore? And so many of us feel these things as we go through our weeks with this wide variety of challenges that seem to take on new dimensions and never let up. Never let up. Never. They only take on new dimensions. And for that, Father, in accordance with your word, we give you praise because it will keep us weak. It will be our thorn in the flesh. It will remain our thorn in the flesh, and it will keep us closer to you. We will grow in whatever way that it is that you supernaturally want us to grow, even though we may not understand. And we just praise you for bringing us to wherever it is that you need to bring us to, that we might be counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you, Lord Jesus, understanding that those very words in Luke twenty-one thirty-six were for those of us on the earth today, and that those fellows, our fellow brothers and sisters that came before us hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years ago, simply just did not have the computing power, the um, ability to be able to see the things that we can see now, to know that we are part of the fig tree generation, and to understand the concept of that, that, uh, of even the word generation, to know that it simply means that we are part of those who ought to be here at the time of the first departure, the first fruits, barley harvest, 
that slippery escape referred to uh, by virtue of the word delivered in Daniel 12. We praise you, Father, for these times that we are in right now, and we thank you with all of our heart. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It is I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sins, those sly little sins that hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. And Lord Jesus, do we ever need all the help we can get. Praise your name.
April the 20th of 2023, two messages entitled The Final Touches for the Feast, and now comes the time to enter into your reward. Praise God. And I believe this was from Julie Wedby, and uh, I praise God for it. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I hold dear many of the words that were given to her through the Lord, and I'm just going to go ahead and read only the part, not the introductory part. Well, why not? Why not? Let's go ahead and do that as well. Praise God. Message received on April the 9th of 2023. I was in prayer crying to the Lord. Um, she, she prefers to use the name Yahushua. Um, some people like that. Some people like Yahshua. Some people like Joshua. Some people it's, it's a, I just smile from ear to ear. I just absolutely just, I can't help it. I grin from ear to ear at how folks love to um, embrace different, and it's funny too, because if you follow different folks, you will see that they change over time what they think the best name is for Jesus. And uh, you know, to me, he's Jesus. You know, I, 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 I muse and I can't help it. Maybe I'm under the influence of this strange, uh, I don't know what you call it, Mobic, Mobic or Moloxicom or whatever it's called. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why, um, you know, maybe I'm, you know, under the influence of this painkiller. I don't know. But I, I will say this. I find it fascinating because when I look back on, you know, and in a way that I think all of us ought to, upon the... Um, you know, the history of uh, Christianity, when I look back on the A.A. A. Allens, the Smith Wigglesworth, the Lester Summerall's, the, the generals and lieutenants and the, the leaders of uh, us, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the William Booths, you know, when I look upon all of those who uh, have come before us, who have paved a pathway for us to come to where we are in our walks, who have set an example of, of godliness and trust in the Lord, serving God in a way that many of us don't even comprehend. Whoever it may be, whoever, whatever gift it was that God had given them, um, which oftentimes is a... Uh, oh, I don't know what you would call it, but an assortment in some cases and then specializations in others. But like with A.A. Allen, he was well known. If you look him up and you study his work, Praise Jesus, you'll discover that he was one of the most prolific and well-known divine healers. Uh, I believe it was in the black and white uh, video era 
Okay, and the only reason I know that is that if you can find some A.A. Allen videos, they're fabulous to watch because you'll see people, you know, blind people now seeing people who never heard a word in their entire lives, you know, jumping up and going, oh, my gosh, you know, and freaking out because they can hear, you know, um, God anointed A.A. Uh, uh, a. Allen with a really mighty gift of not only the gift, the Holy Spirit gift of miracles, but the Holy Spirit gift of healing. You can have the Holy Spirit gift of healing, but that doesn't mean, see, you've got to combine the Holy Spirit gift of miracles with the Holy Spirit gift of healing together as one gift in order to have the manifestations that occurred with Smith Wigglesworth, with A.A. Allen, when with so many of our forefathers of Christianity in the 20th century, etc. I find it fascinating when we look back upon those who are, I don't know what you want to call it, our forefathers, those who we would, I mean, any natural, normal Christian would want to look back on, why wouldn't we want to learn from those who came before us? Why wouldn't we want to learn from those who have, who have, through the anointing of Jesus, have literally healed hundreds, if not thousands of people worldwide through miraculous movements of the Holy Spirit in a, in a magnitude that, that even today in 2023 we will never, I, don't, I personally believe we will never see again until Jesus anoints the bride in such a fashion that she is literally walking the streets and causing arms to grow out, legs to grow out, and raising babies from the dead. For those days are upon us, but they're not today. But I do find it interesting that every single one of the forefathers that I'm referring to, the Lester Summerwalls, the Smith Wigglesworths, the E.A. Allens, the, you know, all of them use the name Jesus. Okay. You know, the, the, uh, uh, you know, the, it, it, the list just goes on and on. Um, they, every one of them, you know, the David Hogan's, I mean, if you haven't heard David Hogan's testimony, see, that might be a good fun thing to do is to take, set aside some days which I could do, and I think it would be fun to do it, um, to set aside some radio shows uh, dedicated just to play some of the audio testimony of David Hogan, who, through the power of Jesus, um, uh, raised people from the dead on a regular basis, actually. In fact, he's, he went into villages. I'm, you know, I'm not... You know, I know that Jesus is real. I know that his power is real. I know that when I walk into that village, people are going to be raised from the dead. I know it, and I believe it, and I do it. And I just do it. I just do it out of – I just do it because I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. And that's how David Hogan was. I had actually had a private email between myself and David Hogan uh, years ago and broke into tears because he had invited me to join him in his ministry of incredible, miraculous – unbelievable things that I was just, oh my gosh, his testimony is one of the most amazing I have ever heard in my life. And I've heard a lot. But anyway, um, but every one of them, it was the name of Jesus. That's how it was pronounced. But it's fascinating. I just, I, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just smiling at how people like to embrace different pronunciations. I, I, I know uh, of a lady, a young lady, uh, who lives in, Afri- in a deep, dark Africa, you know. I forget which country it was. And um, Jesus came upon her in a dream, and she, you know, was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And she woke up the next day, and she went to the Christian pastor that 
that was down, you know, the the dirt road uh, from where she lived. And she, you know, she knew he was a Christian and she ran over and told him what happened in the dream. Well, she explained to him that Esau was in the dream. Well, that's just another pronunciation of the name of Jesus. So there are so many. It's like it's almost like we get hung up on things, you know, that are very fleshy because we think that we have like this better way of saying his name. But I just reflect back on all of it and I smile to myself because I say it. I say, you know, when you know that something works. <laughs> And it works flawlessly, and it's worked flawlessly for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and the proof is in the pudding, then, you know, I mean, you know, now if it makes it more intimate for you, and you think that you have found a perfect pronunciation that works for you, and it draws you in more close in your your relationship with the Lord, then praise the Lord and thank you, Jesus. And, And that is a wonderful thing for you. Praise God. I think that's awesome. But at the same time, you know, for me, the proof is in the pudding, you know, and when I see those who God himself has chosen to raise people from the dead by the hundreds, um, restore sight to the blind, then, and I know that they're saying in the name of Jesus, be thou made whole, then, you know, it, it I can't help but smile a little bit that so many folks for whatever reason, have chosen to chosen to embrace an alternative uh, pronunciation of his name, which is fine. Um, it's fine, but it makes me smile. Praise God. So anyway, um, here, uh, you know, uh, it says, how, she goes on to say, how much longer will evil be permitted to continue like this before he transforms his rem- remnant? Um, and then it goes on, then a scene in the spirit opened up to me and I saw a magnificently decorated wedding scene with colors and flowers that cannot be described in earthly terms. I saw many, many souls along with the angels busily continuing to prepare things and a huge table was set up in the finest of tableware. Jesus pointed to the seals. I'm I'm going to pronounce I'm going to pronounce it Jesus. That's whatever I. That's where my comfort zone is. That's where my 61 year old busted up knee. I like the name Jesus, and I'm going to stick to it. Anyway, so Jesus pointed to the seats and told me each one was specifically held for one of us, his bride, and our names were there at the place of the setting. He was smiling as he showed me the arrangements of the decorations and asked if I thought it was beautiful. He spoke these words below and ended with the most warm and encouraging words that we would want to hear. Oh, my daughter. I quote, Oh, my daughter, my bride, there is such joyous celebration in my kingdom as the feast preparations are being completed. Many who have gone before you are rejoicing continuously as they are eager to meet you as you arrive. The final touches are being made and you have so much to look forward to. There will be dancing and singing and great rejoicing as you come together in this spectacular appointed time. You cannot imagine the detail and the intricacy that has gone into every aspect of the preparations and decorations for you because of my love for you. The beauty of what I have made for you will astound you. Nothing here on the earth can compare to the brilliance and magnificent magnificence 
of my rewards for your obedience. Look up and do not be discouraged. All is in place now and readied for this great day. Oh, what it, what, oh, what it is that I hear. Wedding bells. Yahshua. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And she goes on and then she gets another word on April the 16th of 2023, which says... And uh, and uh, and it's a little bit of a twist, you know. So it shifts from this scene where you know our Lord is excited about the wedding supper. Now, you know, I don't want want this to sound negative, but I do want it to keep us nepho or level headed in our walk. It there have been probably more than 100 of these types of visions or dreams that I have read over the last 12 years on this program, not this specific one, but other ones as well, about people that have been shown remarkable and brilliant visions of the wedding supper being set up and readied and, and that the, you know, all the hosts of heaven are just, you know, excited about us arriving. But this has been going on for well over 12 years. Now, that that should add an element of sobriety toward our excitement. You know, we want to try to keep our heads together because, you know, if we don't keep our heads together, it's great to be excited about the times that we're in right now. It is wonderful to keep our mind stayed on things above and not on things of this earth. This is exactly what we're asked to do through our scripture. Okay, that that's for sure. But at the same time, we got to balance it with an understanding that it's not our time, but it's God's time. And that time is holy. That delay, that what we perceive as a challenge and I don't know about you, if you don't perceive it as a challenge, then wow, to come here to Tampa, Florida, hang out with me and teach me your secret. Because in my world, it is a significant challenge to be able to look at the days ahead of us and not, you know, to fight off the potential for a little bit of, you know, bummed outedness. You know, I mean, I, I would be amiss. I would be fibbing to the Lord if I said that I'm excited about being here for several more years, if that's what's required. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want to even think about it. But at the same time, I do recognize and I praise God that hopefully for the strength to be able to endure and the blessings that are necessary for all of us to endure whatever amount of days or months or, heaven forbid, even years that we may have ahead of us. All right, praise God. But I think that's an important thing for each one of us to embrace because without embracing that, it endangers our walk. It puts us in a vulnerable position whereby when things do not happen and we start to go through more and more darkness, um, it can become disheartening. Very discouraging, and um, and each time we fall into that um, that 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 valley of discouragement, it sets us back a little bit, uh, for and makes it a little bit more challenging every time to be able to pull ourselves back up to where we need to be, so that we have a level walk, and that we're able to use our time in a blessed way for the Lord and a blessed way for those around us. Praise God. And finding, striking that balance is not an easy thing to do. It isn't. All right. The second section of this uh, dream vision or encounter with the Lord goes as follows. From April the 16th of 2023, it says, quote, My beloved, the darkest part of the night approaches quickly. 
So here's a little bit of sobriety added to the excitement of the wedding supper. Okay, right? Amen. It says, I am the only shoulder in the midst of the, th- of the storm. For those who do not know me, this will be a darkness like no other, a palpable darkness. But for you, my faithful ones, the darkness, the darkest part of the night means the morning star will arise and you will be shown the rewards of your obedience. With judgment now comes deliverance for my faithful ones. Meditate upon this. As you reflect on past relationships, situations, and challenges, you see how I have shaken and shifted, refined and molded along the way. Opportunities for choices to follow me have always been available for my creation. And now Now comes the time for those who made the choice of righteousness to enter into their reward. Many others will still have a very short time of opportunity to choose me. Be careful with the word short, folks. (laughs) Amen. Soon, short, things like that, very hard to quantify. goes on to say, but the experience will be much more difficult, uh, much more of a difficult one as has been foretold. Which is true. Amen. After my first fruits, many with the hardest of hearts will finally be set free as the largest harvest is brought in. Now, that aligns interestingly to the barley harvest versus, because the barley harvest is also known as the first fruits harvest, right? And then it, it goes on to say, and many with the hardest of hearts will finally be set free as the larger harvest is brought in. So that would be the final harvest, the one that occurs after the three days of darkness, probably up into the three days of darkness into the sixth seal, praise God. And boy, oh boy, that will be one really, really big harvest because the darkness that is going to body slam this planet is going to be unfathomable. Okay, it will be so... See, there was a time when I had imagined in my own heart that the period of time, uh, you know, that led up to the sixth seal, and even as we entered into the sixth seal, wouldn't be all that bad. I just perceived it as the final harvest. I perceived it as, you know, I, I... Followed along, quite frankly, with those who said, when the missiles come down, we go up. When the missiles come, go down, we go up. The problem is those who say such things do not understand the journey that, it, that all will have to endure on their way to that day. And many hundreds of millions of Christians that are alive on the earth today will have passed away and died during that difficult period of time on the earth. Unfortunately, many of our brothers and sisters embrace the excitement associated with what they've been shown, but don't recognize the surrounding context of horrific tribulation that will be encountered upon the earth during that journey. And um, I didn't either in the beginning until the Lord revealed it, revealed it to me over time. Praise God. It goes on to say, and I quote, After my first fruits, many of the hardest of hearts will be finally set free as the largest harvest is brought in. There's your wheat harvest. That would be the final harvest. That's the wheat harvest that happens during the day of the Lord. Still, more will require more shaking. So more of the believers will require more shaking, more refiner's fire. Those would be the tribulation saints. You say when, or the grape harvest, you say when, when, Lord, will you come? When will you deliver us from the darkness? Watch and see now, my children. Watch and see what I will do. Stay alert. Be ready. And in every moment, carefully discern all things as the enemy roams the earth, seeking to kill and destroy as never before. My 
insulated wall of fire will protect you, and my angelic guards surround you always. Be sober. That's even keel. It's not talking about not having, you know, an extra glass of wine. <laughs> that that word is nepho again, and it is le- it means level-headed. Keep your head together and be vigilant. All is about to change. Never fear and do not despair, for your king is here and I go before you. We praise your holy name and we thank you, Father, for revealing these things to the hearts of babes. In Jesus' name we praise you. Amen.
thank you, Jesus. We praise you for your power. We thank you, Lord, for your holy fire. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we declare in Jesus' name that any entity of the darkness, worker of saint and live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that might set its will against us, that at the moment that it does, it shall be immediately struck by the holy fire of God. We declare this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the fire of God will launch down from the glory pillar and the burn them in the screaming and perpetual agony in the name of Jesus, making a public spectacle of them in accordance with Colossians 2.15 in Jesus' name. We declare the holy fire of God and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit, a thorny hedge of protection to swirl around our household on all sides, to follow us wherever we go. In the name of Jesus, we declare that holy fire to swirl around our loved ones. In the name of Jesus, to protect them from the demons of darkness and any attacks that might come against them. We decree in Jesus' name the holy fire of God to vaporize all weapons, spiritual or earthly, all fiery darts, to vaporize any demonic contracts or agreements in Jesus' name. We plead in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for a platoon of warrior angels, Delta Force, Father God, the strongest that you have in the name of Jesus Christ, to be assigned to each of our families, to each of us in Jesus' name, to go out and proactively ferret out any indirect attempts to come against us, to shut down all demonic portals, to make good eyes blind, good ears deaf in the name of Jesus Christ, proactively Father God, divinely protecting us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, we exercise the rule of the victor over any demonic region that would set its will against us. We exercise the rule of the victor over any demonic region that would permit evil spirits in or through their territory for the purpose of coming against us or our loved ones. We command that they be immediately cut off from ever receiving 
power from the kingdom of darkness again. Cut off in Jesus' name. We require the immediate disbursement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We require the immediate destruction of all of their books and artifacts of sorcery. We require the immediate reversal of all of their schemes, cancellation of all of their assignments against us, penalties applied into the pit in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father God, for you alone are worthy. Thank you, Father. Praise your name. At this time, I like to use Holio. I just ordered some some new from uh, Lindy Pierce. She has a new uh, scent called Warrior. I like it. Anyway, um, I just ordered a new a new bottle of that today. Praise God. But anyway, thank you, Father. In the name of the Father the Son, the Holy Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. We consecrate ourselves into your complete ownership, Lord Jesus, our King. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us. They are of no meaning. No meaning. In Jesus' name, they've been washed away by the blood of the Lamb of God. We declare the abundant grace of God, the living water, the crystal river, to wash all impurities away from us. In Jesus' name, we plead your blood upon us, Lord Jesus. Cleanse us with your holy purity. We decree in Jesus' name that no weapons raised against this earthly or spiritual shall even exist, for they shall be immediately vaporized by the fire of God as it surrounds us and swirls amidst the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit. We rebuke all demons of darkness, all devils, all entities, anything that cannot call Jesus as Lord and Savior. You must flee you are commanded thus in the word of God in Jesus' name. We cancel all demonic assignments placed against us. They do not exist. They have no authority. We break all yokes of bondage, all curses placed against us or our loved ones. We declare in Jesus' name the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection around about us on all sides, a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot, punching through the spiritual realm into the throne room of God. We declare in the name of Jesus that all utterances of praise, all utterances of prayer, all all thanksgiving that we have to you, Father God, whether it be vocalized or in our hearts throughout the day, not only tonight, but throughout every day of this next week, will be wrapped and completely encapsulated by the white-hot super nanothermite, powerful praise and prayer, Father God, just imbued with your holy fire and to uh, just to allow it to just move through the firmament of the rock, melting the, the, the darkness of that crust of evil and scattering the darkness in all of directions, all of these entities. In Jesus' name, let them feel the heat of that fire and scatter in all directions. We pray in Jesus' name and declare that we will operate under open heavens. In Jesus' name, all throughout this week. And at any time that we slip, any time that we go slightly sideways, we pray, Father God, that you will, up, you will uh, make us upright, that you will steady our course, that you will even up our pathway and make it straight in accordance with Proverbs 3, 5. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give you all the praise and honor. Father, we abandon ourselves into your hands. Do with us what you will. Whatever you may do, we thank you. We are ready for all. We pray. And we accept all. We pray. Let only your will be done in us and all of us. In the name of Jesus, we ask no more than this. Father, we commit ourselves into your hands. 
Jesus, we commit ourselves into your hands. We offer us, our body, soul, spirit, flesh, and heart, into your hands with absolute, utter, no abandon, no concerns, no with boundless confidence. We raise and surrender ourselves. We raise our holy hands before you and we surrender ourselves to you. Father God, forever and ever, you are our Abba Father, our dear Father, and we trust you. As difficult as this walk may be at times, without you, it would not be possible. We praise you for the peace that passes all understanding, that it should be upon our hearts and minds, indeed, imbued upon the very existence of the Godhead within us, through Christ Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
God. I Saw Heaven by Brother Othuzitsi Musmusi. <laughs> I'm sure I messed that one up. Hallelujah. But an exciting word indeed. My Spiritual Eyes Open, Monday, September the 7th of 2015, around 3 a.m., my spiritual eyes opened and I saw the roof of the house, the skies and the moon. I saw a figure on a white robe standing above the moon. Supernaturally, I could zoom in and know the distance between me and where the figure was. Three angelic beings and an elevator. I saw myself in in a four-corner machine, like a high-speed elevator. I saw three angelic beings in the elevator with me, but they were all silent. The machine began traveling at a tremendous rate of speed, and I heard the sound from outside of just a whoosh. Like a very strong wind, I heard a sound, like that of water falling, yet there wasn't any water in view. Entering Heaven Suddenly I saw myself flying in the midst of heaven. The place was full of God's light. I saw white clouds and what looked like white mist. Just as I was flying in the atmosphere when I passed it, I saw spectacular scenery, heavenly mansions, The first place I saw, it was full of mansions without number. The mansions were huge and colossal in size. Some were many multiple stories high. They were very spacious. They were made of heavenly materials, very colorful, perfectly aligned, different kinds of designs and shapes. They had no fence or barrier of any sort, and they were innumerable. The golden doors were facing to the east. I saw lovely gardens of flowers. I saw other mansions with well-manicured lawns, sharply cut and neat. And I screamed, Father, this is awesome, glory. The Lord spoke to me, Son, this place is prepared for my bride. Everything is prepared and ready, and the marriage supper is about to take place. At any moment, the trumpet will sound, and I will go for my holy people to tell my church to wash their robes in my blood and keep them pure and spotless. Warn man about hell. The Lord gave a stern warning about hell. The Lord said, warn man about hell. They are about they are um, they are those who don't believe hell is real. Tell them, for those who will not come to my kingdom, hell will be their place of abode. There will be gnashing of teeth and regrets. I saw saints and children in heaven. Some of the mansions were already occupied and some were vacant, but I saw saints moving in and out of the mansions. I saw children playing in the streets and in front of them that were visiting each other in mansions, the houses. The second place I saw was full of houses. They looked almost like community houses. They were the same design. They were not as big as the mansions. Also, they didn't have gardens or flowers, 
for they were in perfect symmetry. They weren't far from one another, and they were uniform in color and design and size, and, and no one bigger or smaller than the other. Then by revelation I knew that in heaven some will live in the mansions, some will live in the houses. It depends on our obedience, our faithfulness in doing what God has asked us to do on the earth. We will not have the same rewards in heaven. I saw Christians here, too. Many people here than in the first place I saw. I saw what looked like a multi-resident house or apartments that were joined together, one one to another, which were much smaller in size. And here I saw many people living together. There are degrees in heaven. The chariots of God. And after that, the Lord took me to another scene. I saw chariots of all kinds. They were moving from one part of heaven to another in different shapes, different sizes, and different seating capacities. The great shining palace. I saw a very stunning palace, more beautiful than the mansions and the houses that I had seen. There was a wall of light all around it. And the light was living and magnificent, and I was not allowed to go there. I just stood at a distance, looking and admiring it, wondering what could be inside there. What could be happening there? The streets of gold. I walked on the streets of solid gold. This time I said to myself, today I will inspect these streets and see how real they are. I noticed that the street is wide and perfect. They were they were passed before the mansions in the house. I looked into them and I saw that, that it was like gold put deep into the ground, like a large block of gold, but it was so, it was like a pavement of gold, like a solid block of gold. And inside the ground, wide also, another interesting thing, the top of the street was transparent, like glass, clear and pure water. But when I look down, I, I, can't, I can see the golden color inside the ground, and it was so transparent. And the, the gold at the same time, the transparent part of the gold on the bottom, almost as if you would you know, put gold under water. Someone sees the transparency of the water, but looking deep, they can see underneath. They are the most beautiful streets ever. I asked the Lord to give me something the right there on the street, then then right there on the street appeared a diamond. I picked it up, and I was holding it, sparkling, so real and clear. And I thought to myself, when I go back to the earth, will I still be there? I stood in awe, looking at the many streets of gold on every side, and I remember saying to myself, I am walking here on the streets of heaven. A pastor's mansion. I saw a very gorgeous mansion. Then a certain man was coming out. I knew he had been a pastor on the earth. In heaven, they told me, the reason why he had such a large, beautiful mansion in heaven was primarily his giving and helping the needy and the pure and his praying. These provided materials for his mansion in heaven. I want to read this again. I don't think that I can impress upon the listeners of this program right now how critically important this one tiny little paragraph is. A pastor's mansion. Now, our flesh would gravitate toward the word pastor, wouldn't it? It should not. 
Let's look at what he saw. He says he saw a very gorgeous mansion. Then a certain man was coming out of it. He knew that he had been a pastor on the earth. In heaven, they told me, the reason why he had a large and beautiful mansion in heaven was primarily his giving and helping the needy and the pure and his praying. These provided the material for his mansion in heaven. They also explained to me that different works that we do on earth carry different weights in heaven, and what God values and esteems high is very much different from what people think. They told me the works we do that are unnoticed behind the scenes, that people don't know about and are appreci- and, and, and unappreciated, are the works that God values more. The works that we do out of a pure heart and a selfless love, they have great reward in heaven. Then I saw it as God sees it. What is really important to God? That we must not look for appreciating and rewards from men, but God. Also, God values what we do in private, what we do in pu- much more than what we do in public. He goes on to say, I looked over the city, the bright lights, the golden doors, the mansions facing to the east, the majestic palace, the mansions and houses, the transparent streets of gold and the chariots traveling around, the children playing, the saints talking and walking, the gardens. And I said, wow, heaven is so wonderful. I didn't want to come back, but I knew it was my time to go. Paradise. I walked out of the city, the spirit of God leading me, and I came to paradise, the place of beautiful scenery. There was beautiful trees, very green beyond any earthly green. I looked, and there were leaves, very fresh. I saw other kinds of plants, other colors, leaves of golden, purple, blue. The whole paradise was full of creation of God trees, grass, forests, and parks. A farm. I came to a farm of a particular saint. At that farm, I found a relative of his. It was a lady that I had known on earth, and I asked and talked to her. I found out that it was one of the people that I had received the grace of God just moments before they died. She had repented on their deathbed, and then she died and came to heaven, and she was living in her with her relative. I knew by revelation that if she had not died but lived and were healed... She would have died in sin and went to hell. So by the mercies of God, she was given a chance and repented. But God took her, and she was in heaven ever since. We stood there by each other and talked. I told her that I am just visiting and I am going back any moment. About the farm, the Lord told me that Christians who like farms and fields on earth, when they get to heaven... They will have their own farms and fields, and every desire will be fully met. Jesus' final words. The Lord told me, Son, be faithful. Continue being obedient and doing what I tell you to do, as you do, and there will be fruit and results. I will add more souls to your ministry. Other words the Lord spoke. That in my spirit I was back. I found myself entering my body on earth and opened my eyes and felt awesome. 
the awesome fire of God's presence in my head, in my hands, and in my back, and all over. Sweet and awesome sensation I felt. I woke my wife and began to share with her what I had just heard and seen. Love and peace, Holy Spirit, wind. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for that.
I love that song. It's so simple. It's so awesome. I just sing, you know, I'm just sitting here all by myself singing along with it. Praise God. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the mercies by which you allow us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable as our spiritual service of worship to you. Father God, it is not our will to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, that we may prove to be good, acceptable, and perfect to what your will is for our lives. By grace given to us, show us how not to be to esteem ourselves more or less important to the body of Christ than another. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the spiritual gifts that have been given to us, that we may prophesy in proportion to our faith and teach according to your precious word, and to give liberally and to lead with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. Father, show us how our love can be without hypocrisy. Teach us to abhor what is evil and to cling to what is good. Teach us, Father God, we pray, to be kind and affectionate to one another, to honor and to give to one another, not lagging in diligence, to be fervent in spirit and to serve you, Lord. Father God, we rejoice in hope. We are patient through trials and tribulations and difficulties. And we pray in Jesus' name that you will help us to continue in providing for the needs of the saints, to be truly given to hospitality. We promise, Father God, to try with all of your help and mercies to bless those who curse and persecute us. We rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep and we pray, Father God, that you will anoint us to strengthen us, that we would always become that which is the Beatitudes. Father, we will be of the same mind toward one another and not set our minds on high things, but associate ourselves with the humble. We will, before your glory, always be humble. We will not be wise in our own opinions and we will not repay anyone evil for evil, for your word says to repay evil with good. Praise your name. We will not give place to wrath, but we will wait on you Vengeance is yours, Father. We are those who pray for those who do not know they are being controlled by the darkness. It is up to you, Father, to decide who makes it and who does not. Therefore, we will live peacefully with all people. We will become overcomers through Jesus, our Advocate, the lover of our soul. Father, we will offer drink to a thirsty enemy and food to one that is hungry that we may abide in your word forever. We love you, Father God. And if we don't love you enough, we pray that you will shower down your love upon us, that it overflows our heart, that our desire to be in your presence will overwhelm us, that our desire to sing to you, Lord Jesus, will overwhelm us that your presence will completely overtake us and that your glory will preside in our heart throughout the week, throughout every moment of the day, even between the times of difficulty that we will experience for sure. 
We pray that your glory will shine above all in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirit, forever and ever. We praise your name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive. Deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever, you. Yes, even you, believe it or not, are a chosen generation. Hard to believe, isn't it? It is for me. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, the divine creator of all, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies and kindness, humility, meekness, Unbelievable patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God roll in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of a good report. 
If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. First Peter two nine, Colossians three twelve, Philippians four eight. Jesus went a little further and he fell on his face. Matthew 26, 39. This scripture is the reason why we see in so many places in other parts of the Bible where it says that our Father is our Savior. But John ten thirty says, I, Jesus, and the Father are one. It's fascinating. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and received up unto glory. Hallelujah. First Timothy 3.16, one of the many awesome 3.16s in the Bible. We praise your holy name. Hallelujah. And we pray for purification in accordance and in alignment, but not imperfect. Uh, recitation to Psalm 51, 1 through 14. We praise your name, Father. Father, Father, please, we pray for your perpetual and unfathomable, unbelievable, awesome, eternal mercy. According to your loving kindness, Father God, and according to the multitude of your tender mercies, please, Please, blot out our transgressions. Wash us, Father, thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us. Cleanse us from our sin. We acknowledge our transgressions and our sin is always before us. Against you, Lord God, Almighty Father, we have sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, we were brought forth in iniquity, Father, and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, Father, desire truth in the inward part and in the hidden part, deep inside of us that we don't even understand. You will make us to know your wisdom. Purge us with hyssop and we shall be clean. Wash us and we shall be whiter than snow. Father, make us hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from our sins and blot out all of our iniquity. Do not remember our sins in accordance with Isaiah 43:25 in Jesus' name. Create in us a clean heart, Father. Renew in us a steadfast spirit. Do not cast us away from your presence and allow us not to grieve the Holy Spirit, Father. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Restore to us the joy of your salvation, upholding us with your generous spirit, Father, that we may teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. We pray, Father, that you will deliver us from the remembrance of all past sin, O God, of our salvation. 
that our tongues shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord's Supper. Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup out after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread, drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes for you. Ani Lodoti Vadoti Li. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. You were kind, you were just, you were aiming. 
God bless you all. See you next Friday. Lord willing. Thank you. Praise his name. Reside in the holy fire. All throughout next week. His name. Amen.